This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. We're changing things up again today, and we have the whole family around the table, and we're going to just have a conversation. Our whole family has been home all of this week, pretty much 24-7, and then Silas and Caitlin, because Catherine was in Suriname, have been home 24-7 for over two weeks. And so we thought it would just be fun to have a conversation, answer some questions. I asked on Instagram stories earlier today what what questions you would love for us to discuss as a family on the podcast. And we know lots of you all are staying home as well. And so instead of some deep topic or tackling kind of what's going on in our world, we're just going to keep it light and lighthearted and have a fun family conversation. So to start it all off, Amanda asks, what is each person's pet peeves? I know mine. I totally know mine. But does anybody else know theirs right off the top of the... Well, I know yours. Okay, what's mine? When people chew their gum loudly. Uh, uh, no, when or people, just people chewing chew gum, gum in general. In general. <laughs> yes, okay. No, no, no. Or people chewing in general. People chewing in general. That is generally too loud. But mostly, it's yeah. so frustrating. Especially is, sunflower seeds. That, oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyone else have a pet peeve? Everyone else is perfect. No one else is irritated with anything. I mean, I'm perfect, but I don't know about you guys. It's a real pet peeve of mine when people think they're perfect. I was going to say when people wow. have false, <laughs> false humility. That's <laughs> what I mean. Silas, what's your pet peeve? Was wasp a pet peeve? Wasp? Yeah, like they're flying around you. 
that scares you or it irritates you or annoys you. Yeah. That generally I would say a pet peeve. I mean, I don't know. Where did the term pet peeve even come from? But I would generally say, is it? I can look it up. I I would say. A pet and a peeve. I would say that it's from, it's usually someone else doing something. So I didn't, I mean, but it could be insects or animals. Catherine, you have no pet peeves. As I said, I'm perfect. Caitlin, you're perfect as well. No, I don't like whenever people chew with their mouth open. That's what I was going to say. Mostly Silas does it a lot. So we have chewing pet peeves at our house. Yeah. And Jesse is off in Enneagram 5 land. <laughs> oh, and honeycombs. I don't like honeycombs. But that's not a pet peeve necessarily. Pet- I still get annoyed with honeycombs. And we like to annoy I, you with them. I don't understand that. Enneagram 5, what did you find in your deep research on pet peeves? Where did that term come from? The term pet peeve was introduced to a wide readership in the single panel comic strip, The Little Pet Peeve, in the Chicago Tribune during 1916 to 1920. Okay. doesn't really tell, uh, well, King's Little Pet Peeves were humorous critiques of generally thoughtless behaviors and nuisance frustrations. So thus a pet peeve of somebody, I guess, would be consistent with what was in that comic strip. So it could be an insect or an animal. It doesn't necessarily have to be a person. Oh, I have one. Yes. Whenever people have egos, that drives me absolutely nuts. (laughs) Are you trying to be sarcastic right now? No, I'm being serious. Because you just said, no, okay. I'm perfect. Okay, but that was like sarcastic. Like whenever people actually have big egos, that's okay. That's so frustrating. I just, I just wanted to. Yeah, yeah I understand. I understand. Besides that, I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, do you have any pet peeves? Um, not that I can think of. Whenever I come ask you about a question I, 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 in the I, middle I, of your work. Yeah, I don't like being. Annoyed repeatedly. Interrupted. Interrupted, yeah. On a entirely, entirely different subject, someone asked, how do the kids feel about fostering? Fine with it. Just just fine? I think you might be a little bit more than fine. Are you, are you excited about it? Yes. Because there's a little boy at our house now, right? And you have really been enjoying getting to hold him, haven't you? Yes. Finally, we have a little bit more testosterone. Even though it's a very, very little bit, very, <laughs> he's so tiny right now. Um, Caitlin or Catherine, how do you feel about fostering? I second that. It's lovely. You both are excited about it. Yeah. You guys have both really enjoyed getting to have a baby here that you can take care of and are doing such a good job helping with bottles and bedtimes and helping with. Diaper changing, even. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, Caitlin's really stepping it up with the diaper changing. You both have really stepped it up. Yeah, you've been such a big help. I was talking on Instagram today about how amazing and incredible and different it is to have a newborn in the house with older children. All right, Danny asks, what are some traditions your kids remember and loved from when they were little? Ooblick. Ooblack, do you want to talk what? about what an ooblack is? Oh, I know. So it's basically, ooblack is whenever you have one part water and one part cornstarch. And if you hit it really hard, it'll be solid. But if it's like in your hand 
and you're not touching it, or, well, if you're holding it, but you're not touching it with your other hand or putting any force on it, it'll just be a liquid. So this is something that you make? Mm -hmm. We made that multiple times when you guys were younger. And it would be a great activity for people to do with their kids if they're at home right now, quarantining or um, just in self-isolation or social distancing. And you can add different food colorings to it to make different colors. I would just recommend that you have foil or some type of something. It's a bit messy. It's messy down on your kitchen table or you do it outside because, yeah, cornstarch, it gets a little messy. Does it act like a solid if you put pressure on it? Yeah, if you like, if you punch it or hit it, then it acts as a solid. But if you kind of put your finger in slowly, it acts as a liquid. Interesting. If you try to, like, if you put your hand in slowly and then try to yank it out, you can't get it out easily. It fills in right away. You can't yeah. see your handprint. It's weird. It's a very weird consistency. Okay, this is kind of piggybacking off of that, but someone asked, what has been your favorite family activity since beginning social distancing? Staying away from each other. (laughs) (laughs) I've really enjoyed the quiet of not having anyone. (laughs) Um, Family movie night. Dutch Blitz. Guys have played a lot of Dutch Blitz. You guys get crazy playing Dutch Blitz. (laughs) Yeah, just a tad bit competitive. You also tried to pull an all-nighter. No, I... I've pulled a few. <laughs> Silas tried pulling one. I think he got to like four and then gave up and went to sleep. Oh, I pulled an all day or the other day. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was rough. That was rough. I think I've become nocturnal. All right. Favorite family night activity and snack food? Probably the movie night. So uh, on New Year's Eve, we, me and uh, me and Catherine actually pulled an all-nighter, uh, like an actual all-nighter. And so that was something that you remember. That was one of your favorite. That was we did not pull it with you, so it was not an entire family, but no. the two of you guys did. And you didn't sleep in that late when she went to bed in the morning. I was very impressed, and you really didn't have that grouchy of an attitude. So way to go. We like puppy chow. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Snack. We're just sticking with mm-hmm. the snack, not the family activity. We just, I said the movie night. You just you show like up for the snacks. <laughs> yes, puppy chow. I think most people probably know what that is, but if not, you can Google it. I'm trying to... Is, and it's with, not the puppy chow that you feed the dogs. We yes. personally like blue buffalo. Chex Mix with peanut butter and chocolate chips and powdered sugar. It's a little bit addictive. And a lot addictive. Yes. Almost on par with Thin Mints. Almost. Of course, I wouldn't know because there haven't been many Thin Mints <laughs> for me to be addicted to. Um, okay. This is in the similar vein. Favorite board or card games? Dutch Blitz. Monopoly. Way back when, Jesse, you and I would play Phase 10. Do you remember those days? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was mostly whenever you were in law school. We played lots and lots and lots of rounds of Phase 10 because we had no money. Mm -hmm. And we (laughs) didn't have a lot of friends or much social life. And so when you were home, we got creative and we played a lot of Phase 10. There was a time we played Ticket to Ride, the actual board game Ticket to Ride. And then 
Monopoly. We have a couple different Monopoly versions. All right. Catherine is back with the baby. We'll see if he stays quiet. Devon asks, do any of the kids want to be homeschooled again now that they're back home? Because they're out of, you guys are out of school for quite a while, it seems, because of everything going on with the coronavirus. Catherine, you got any thoughts on that? I don't have any thoughts on that. You're not going to let the whole world know that you're so happy that we actually made the decision to send you to school? I'd prefer to keep my thoughts to myself. She's going to change her mind once she actually gets school assigned. <laughs> yes, because you've actually been off school since yes. you came back from Suriname. And Three you're weeks. starting virtual school mm-hmm. on Monday because they had to get everything set up. And that took a lot of work and effort yeah. to get all the virtual school stuff set up because it happened so quickly that they d- decided to cancel your school. But for those of you who don't know about why I was asking Catherine if she wanted to share publicly, you need to go back and listen to the episode. We'll link it in the show notes where we talked about why we stopped homeschooling. And Catherine never has admitted to us that it was a very good decision. And we're still waiting for the day when I she's going to slip. I don't think there's anything for me to admit, though. You can admit that we were right. Yeah, that that's all. Never. Yes. Need to that admission. Never. Absolutely. Never. And I should probably put a little sidebar note in here that we're still big advocates of homeschooling. And I think there's probably a really good chance that we are going to be homeschooling our in utero baby. Mm-hmm. Not when the baby's in utero, but... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. We Maybe so. I mean... Soon after the baby comes out, we will start. But just if you go back and listen to that episode, it shares more why we made the decision to quit homeschooling. And I think it'll be an encouragement to you no matter what your thoughts are on homeschooling. Caitlin, Silas, you have no words to say on your thoughts of whether you'd like to be homeschooled again. I like school. And I think school for you, you enjoy the learning part, but I think also the social part, you really enjoy hanging out with your friends and that sort of thing. And also, uh, now that I'm homeschooled, I'm, I am not getting taught stuff, so it's kind of harder. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded bad. Maybe you should clarify what you meant by... Well, it's the way that the schools are operating long distance. It makes it difficult. You're not getting the in-class instruction. You're still having to do the assignments, but you don't have the same in-class instruction. And you you told me that's been hard for you because you find that to be really helpful. And so it's been a challenge for you to kind of figure out how to do your assignments on your own without that in-class instruction. But they are starting to do some videos Mm -hmm. And that you have the opportunity to ask your teacher questions, not just by email, but also by video. Because you said it was really helpful when he writes it up on the board and explains it to you. And it's just not the same when you email him a question. You don't learn as well from that. So one takeaway from this can be that you learn well when you're in a classroom setting where someone is teaching you, not reading it in an email. All right. Speaking of educational things, someone asked, what books your kids love. Do any of you can off the top of your head, either a book that I've read aloud or a book that you've read, what have been maybe one or two of your favorite books? Well, this is two book series, but Boxcar Children and I Survive Books. Those are ones that you've enjoyed reading. Yes. My favorite book is The Book Thief. I was going to say that for you. That's your favorite book. How many times have you read it? Like five, six, five times. I don't think quite six times. You and stole that from me. 
<laughs> wow. And I ended up reading it because you suggested it so mm-hmm. highly. And we, I think we also, did you watch the movie? Yeah, we, we watched, watched the, movie. the movie. Which I thought was good, but the book was better. Caitlin, what about for you? You are always reading these deep intellectual books. You love to read theological books. No, I have to read. <laughs> um, I like the Bible. Oh, that's a good answer. Thank you. Oh, yeah, that was, that, that's, <laughs> you know, that's my top. It's like when we're teaching the little kids at church and they ask a question and they're always, Jesus, God. Oh, yes. Always. It's so cute. Jesus. I'm like, I can't be like, no, that's the wrong answer. Jesus is always the right answer. Okay. We got a little bit of a hard one. Y'all ready for this one? Sibling rivalry. Someone wants y'all to talk about that. And there's no such thing in this house. Of sibling <laughs> we are rivalry. perfect. And no, I'm perfect. She's, no, I'm perfect. No, I'm perfect. <laughs> she said, what do they disagree about the most and how do they resolve their issues? So what do you mean by sibling rivalry? By like the people who rival? The people who rival or the issues. So I would say the issues, Silas, because we all rival at least once a day. Uh, so what do you disagree about most? Who's right and who's wrong. Oh. Oh, uh, me, I'm always right, so. Me and Caitlin argue about, like, schools. That's a big one. Because you both go to different schools. Yeah. So we, which, like, we which argue has, which has oh. the better, like, what we're learning and stuff. And also, they argue about whose clothes is whose. I was going to say yes. Oh, yeah, clothes. Because <laughs> you oftentimes are sharing clothes or wearing my clothes. Correction. Hey, um, taking clothes. There's not much sharing. <laughs> Just kidding. You mean Caitlin is taking your clothes you and see, you're taking whenever, Caitlin's clothes? Whenever I, I take mom's clothes. Whenever I take her clothes, I have to ask. But whenever she takes my clothes, nothing happens. That was one time, Caitlin. <laughs> it's weekly. So if one you, time a week. If you yeah. have an issue, how do you resolve it? They don't talk to each other. For a day. It's <laughs> called the silent treatment. No, uh, we... We usually just talk it out. I mean, we're both, we both give reasons. Caitlin gives a little bit less reasons. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, wait, did I say Caitlin gives a little bit less reasons? Oh, no. Okay. I was going to ask. My reasons um, are too valid. I was you. going That's to ask how less. grammar is going at school. <laughs> yeah. It's going, it's going good. Going good. It's going good. <laughs> it's going <laughs> Going gooder. Going gooder, yeah. So just talking about it, sometimes mm-hmm. you guys come to us and we try to talk it through. Sometimes I would say that it doesn't get resolved perfectly and wrapped up yeah. with a neat little bow. And sometimes you just have to have some time and space and give grace and love even when it's a little hard to love. We get along pretty well besides the few rival rivalries we do have i cannot talk (coughs) which is yeah i would say yeah you guys do really enjoy being together and i think this time where we've been at home yeah it's it's shown that you do you guys really do enjoy being together and when you were in suriname i i could tell they really missed you and they were so excited for you to come back home liz asked what are you most excited and or nervous about with two infants at a time. <laughs> and Jesse, I thought that that would be great for you. You've been, a lot of these questions have been for the kids, but I'd love to hear what are your thoughts? Just 
in general on having two infants at a time. And maybe we should back up for people who didn't listen to the last podcast. We are fostering a little preemie boy who, well, who's born prematurely. He got out of the NICU just yesterday as of us recording this podcast. And it's from what we know, it will be a long-term placement. We don't know Mm -hmm. how long the long-term will be, but we're definitely planning that when we are bringing our in utero baby, as we're calling this child to differentiate into the world that we will also be fostering still. So we're going to be most likely having two newborns at the same time. So Jesse, what are your thoughts on that? To be honest, I'm scared, Mm -hmm. you know, nervous. It's been 10 years since we last had a baby in the house. So I was telling somebody earlier today, I'm a little rusty. So, but as far as the nervousness, it's more so around sleep, you know, mm. not getting good sleep at night. Usually with the others, I've had to kick you out of bed whenever they wake up in the middle of the night. But last night I set an alarm. You did. You did really well. And I think it really I helps. Helped. Yes. Helped. And that's the big thing too, is we're seeing how well the kids step up and yes. how big of a help they are. Well, and I think that it also, honestly, it helps that this little boy was in the NICU and they had him on a very strict schedule and he continues to need to be on a very strict schedule. So when I am nursing a baby, I just, we kind of just wait for the baby to wake up. So mm-hmm. it might be an hour and a half. It might be three hours, you know, when they're a newborn, but the having the consistency right now of knowing I have to wake up and prep a bottle and feed every three hours round the clock. That's just part of a preemie needing to be able to eat that consistently so that he can grow. Mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful because then you just set your alarm and he's pretty good about waking up before his feeds. So we don't, I mean, but eventually we might need to wake him up. Um, sometimes during the day we have to wake him up, but so yeah, so you're, you're nervous about sleep and I, I hear you on that. And I think that there's that, there's a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. And playing it out of, you know, I think if he's still in our home when they're crawling and walking, you know, I, I can go there, but I'm just like, no, I just need to live today. Yep, one God, day at a time. God gives grace for today, and he's been so faithful, and I can continue to trust him that he's led us down this path, and he will give us the grace for whatever lies ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I'm really excited because of having that peace that this is how God has led us. So there's a lot of excitement for you kids. What are your, are there things that you're nervous about or excited about? What are your general thoughts of all of a sudden now we're going to have two newborns after 11 years? Well, you kind of took it from me, but like the unknowns is kind of worrying because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh. Little boy wants to make his presence known. I would say that change of schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be hard to get used to. Like, you guys aren't going to be able to just drive me around. Whenever I want to hang out with friends, we're going to have to figure out that. And that I'm not used to that. Usually, it's pretty easy for me to go meet up with friends. And that's a big part of it. Well, who knows when you'll next be able to see friends. Oh, yeah. With all this <laughs> quarantining. 
it's kind of nice right now that that's not, I mean, I know you really, really, really miss your friends, but it's not even yeah. an option right now. So it's not like you're having to mm-hmm. feel in a sense that, because we probably would be having to just stay home more for yeah. the next few weeks since he's medically fragile and he just mm-hmm. needs to stay away from germs. Well, we're going to just be home. So that is, you know, a gift for you to not have to feel like, I really want to be with friends. Yeah. Because you can't be with friends right now. But I think it's it's more so the juggling act of mm-hmm. it will require more preparation. Yes. So it's not like you can just jump in the car at a moment's notice. You'll have to kind of plan a little mm-hmm. bit ahead because, like I said, he has to eat so, every three hours. Yeah. And if you have two babies that, you know, so you're just having to plan ahead more. And yeah, everybody... One of the things that we knew whenever we said yes to fostering was that everyone was going to have to make sacrifices. Mm -hmm. It's not just one of us. It's not just two of us. It's all of us. And all of us have to be willing to step up to the plate and be willing to give up some things. And it's going to look different for each of us. Caitlin, what are your thoughts? I agree with what Catherine said. I think that there's a lot of sacrifices that need to be made. And it's kind of hard adjusting to a new schedule, but it's worth it. And even though I have to wake up at six in the morning whenever we're on break, it's, it's worth it. That's you. That's sleeping in for you. <laughs> I I just suggested that we're all going to work together on having some shifts at night so that I can get some sleep because I'm definitely going to need some sleep. And also just because I'm 35 weeks pregnant and I still, I need really at least six to seven hours of sleep. So having to get creative with that. So Catherine has generously offered to take the 1130 PM to 2 AM time block, because let's face it, you're usually up. (laughs) If it's not a school night, you're probably going to be up then anyway, even if it is a school night. And you I'm have, pretty good at going to sleep like around 10, 10, 10, 30, 11, 10, 11 in the morning. Sometimes. You've been doing better about getting to bed by midnight though, most yeah. nights. And that's, that's a big improvement for you. Mm-hmm. But when it's not a school night, you definitely yeah. are. Yeah. You're the night owl. And Caitlin is willing. I, I'm, I, I was pushed into it. Willingly. You're voluntold. Voluntold. <laughs> You were, I suggested that you, you suggested, could take. And if I didn't, then I would have to take the 2 a.m. one. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I said that I would take the 2 a.m. to 6.30 block. And you're going to take the morning because you're the early riser. So. What do you think? <laughs> You've been sleeping in ever since we've been isolating or whatever we want to call it. You have definitely been sleeping in more. But you're still typically the first child up. Unless Silas sets his alarm. Okay, last question. I thought this would be a great one to end with. Where do you want your first family destination to be when it's safe to get out and travel again? Publix. (laughs) (laughs) A grocery store. I mean, Catherine, weren't you the one that... Catherine is wanting to I want to go to the grocery store so badly. (laughs) You just you told me the other day, I won't touch anything. I'll yeah. keep my hands in my pockets. I'll walk. I, I just want to see food. I basically won't breathe. Like I don't need to buy anything. Fish. I just want to walk in the grocery store. Not fish, unless it's sushi. It's amazing how this has changed our perspective on things that you've taken for granted. But 
I think this person was probably asking as far as travel, travel goes. not necessarily. Yeah. Um, we could still travel. A restaurant or public. Uh, are we going to be able to travel? Well, this is not an are we going to be able question. It's just where would you like okay. it to be? Rome. And I would say we're going to stay away from Rome for just, just, just a little while. <laughs> but that was, we had hoped to go on a trip to Europe as a family this summer. But I don't think that that's probably <gasps> going to be Ooh, happening. Oh, so we need to hit Antarctica. Maybe are they having any? Do they have any of the virus there? Maybe that's the one place we I th- can go. I think, I think that that's a really good idea. <laughs> we shouldn't be joking about it, but <laughs> still, sometimes laughter is the best medicine. Silas, you have been patiently waiting to share your answer. South Africa. So, oh, that's a good one. Which right now they are in lockdown. But maybe later on this year, they won't be. Yep, they're doing a 21-day lockdown starting today. I think it was today. First day of quarantine. Jesse, where would you want our first destination to be? I thought about one of my pet peeves when it takes someone a really long time to answer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm thinking I've been wanting to go to the beach somewhere. Maybe Destin. We never go to the beach. I've realized that recently. We always go like crazy places, but we never go to the beach. Everyone's always beach. Hey, we went to the beach in Iceland. (laughs) (laughs) We did. We went to the beach multiple times in Iceland. Yeah. We also went to the beach when we were in Connecticut. Remember that one beach? But we didn't. We haven't gone and stayed on the beach as a family. Have we ever gone and stayed? Yeah, we did in California once, but we didn't stay on the beach. In San Diego, that wasn't on the beach. South Carolina. Yeah. Yep. That's right. With with all of the extended family. You are right. That wasn't for your birthday. Yes, it was. You can can claim it as for your birthday. (laughs) Caitlin, where would you like to go besides the grocery store? Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) It's 30 minutes away. That's a trap. I think for me, I don't know, because I think when this kind of goes back to the two babies question, I think there is, especially with everything going on in the world, it's hard for me to think of traveling right now with Mm -hmm. two babies because I feel like I've become much more of a germaphobe Hmm. in the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that mama bear in me of wanting to protect my kids, wanting to protect especially little babies. And so the thought of traveling, unless we, especially if we were flying somewhere, I just right now, even though I'm the one who has usually is on airplanes every month, multiple times a month, that's very common this year. Just the thought of, I have zero desire, honestly, for a while to travel. So Mm -hmm. that's just, maybe if we were driving in a car somewhere, I might, you know, I I think one thing for me is that I think the sad part, we all, everybody has made sacrifices and this has affected everyone in some way. And there are multiple things for us right now with possibly the birth and what that is going to look like um, that has changed as a result of COVID-19, but then also not getting to share the babies with our family because traveling right now to see them or them traveling to see us mm-hmm. is not a smart thing. And so just having to let that go and be 
okay that that's a small sacrifice, even though it's a small sacrifice in the grand scheme of things. In our little world, it's a big deal. And so I think there's there's sadness for me. So if there was a destination that I would want to go, it would be to probably drive to Kansas Mm -hmm. and be able to share our family of seven with all of our family there. Mm -hmm. So that would be my answer. And I guess we're kind of ending on a less lighthearted note, but there's some real, real for you. So thank you all for joining us today for this just real laid back conversation. I hope that you are doing well and surviving staying home 24 seven, as I think most of you all are doing. And for those of you who are in essential jobs, thank you so much for doing what you do, especially as I've spent so much time at the hospital the last few weeks because of our little baby that we're fostering being in the NICU. I just have a new, a whole new appreciation for the medical workers. And I think there are so many people who are in essential jobs who are doing really great work right now in a really tense environment that you can feel a lot of angst and concern. And so if you are out and doing your job, thank you. We really appreciate it. Catherine, do you have a closing word for us? I want to say thank you to all Chipotle workers. You do amazing things. Thank you. Thank you for to the Chipotle workers for keeping the world running, right? Yes. Fueling fueling (laughs) your life with more joy. And thank you. And grocery store cashiers and baggers and managers and what other positions are there anybody who's working in a grocery store right Mm -hmm. now they miracle workers right there i mean seriously think about (laughs) that would be scary to go Mm -hmm. to work every day and know that you're exposing yourself to so many germs but you are a vital part of society because without you we are not eating so have a great week and we will see you next week Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.